Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. This is the super important conversation that we're going to be having today about trauma, attachment styles, and how that mess shows up in your business. And I had no freaking idea, first of all, how much trauma I was carrying around and how it was affecting my business and how it contributed to burnout and all of the things. And so I am so blessed and fortunate to have found you and your work and be going through the the safe space facilitator process because I can just tell one as it's helping me it's helping my clients and we're just going to help more money and make like help more people make more money and just feel better in the process so Melissa can you just please tell the people who you are and how you got (laughs) into this work yeah so My background is in integrative psychology, and I had a lot of early childhood trauma myself. And even going through the mental health system, I noticed there was like very little support in helping me to regulate like those feelings that would come up all the time around anxiety and just needing to like calm myself down like I was constantly in a state of overwhelm and even in therapy like I got a lot of cognitive behavioral work and then you know in the last I don't know 10 years all this trauma stuff has come about and people started talking about the body and how we hold trauma in the body and I was like oh my gosh like That's what I feel is like, I know I'm not just anxious. I'm constantly in this state of survival. And that's what trauma is. And people don't realize that they have it because they think, well, I've never been in a major car accident. I've never, you know, had my life threatened. But the truth is we all have these traumas, right? And the way that we get them is in our family of origin, we have this need to be loved and accepted, right? Especially as a baby, like who else is going to take care of you, right? When you're little. So you adapt your behavior to be what the family needs you to be or what your primary caregiver needs you to be. And this all started making so much sense to me. Like, oh, I have these adaptive behaviors that don't feel good to me, that I know don't feel good, and I know aren't the truth of who I am. And so I went down the rabbit hole of studying trauma and nervous system regulation. And it really shifted something huge for me in my life. And I came into the online coaching industry like three years ago. And I started seeing even worse than the therapy industry, like all this stuff of like, you feel anxious, just change your mind or pick a new thought or like, and I'm like, oh my gosh no, like this is so dangerous and it doesn't work. So I wanted to really come in and support people to understand what trauma really is, how to work with it. And what's interesting is I attract a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, there's a huge correlation like you're seeing in 
how people's trauma impacts the way that they're in relationship to their business. Yeah, and I want to pause there for a second because there, what I started to notice, like I consider myself to be a master problem solver, period. Um, I think I'm an amazing coach, but I'm also solving problems. And what I initially started to notice was in when I'm coaching people with their business, I try to keep it as simple, as streamlined, as low tech, as in line with their personality, their preferences, their natural strengths and styles and all of that, right? So we, like, I'm really thoughtful about that when I help somebody with their business. Yet and still, <laughs> people, it was like they were, I would see, so this is how it showed up to me and I had no language around it. I was like, what the F is happening? But it, I would see people freeze up, like they would have everything ready to go and not send the email, not send the post, not make the call. I would see people become combative a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we call it resistant, but sometimes they were like combative. I would see people ghost and leave the container. Yes. Um, what, and, and it's so interesting because we talk about, I have a background in physical therapy. And so it's really interesting. Some of my clients, um, I worked in the hospital setting, not the outpatient setting. Like if you hurt your shoulder, your back, your knee, whatever. So there's a lot of research coming out about chronic pain and trauma, but that's, I, I didn't w work in that world by then, but I had clients who did, and they started talking to me about this. And, and a lot of us in the business world talk about fight, flight, freeze, but I never put the two together that those things that I just described, I'm like, oh, this is the fight, <laughs> flight, freeze. <laughs> it's so interesting because we don't think of our business like a relationship sometimes. People think of business as like this thing that they do, but literally you have a relationship with your business. So whatever kind of way that you've adapted to relate in relationships to keep yourself safe as a child is the same way you're going to adapt in your business. And like you're saying, you see that the way that people interact with their business is through their trauma lens, right? And even some people that are making it huge were like, oh, they're amazing. They've healed all their emotional stuff. They're making millions of dollars. And it's like, no, that's often flight. That's often them running away from feeling what they really feel and, and seeking that validation externally over and over and over. So this trauma work and this nervous system work isn't just for beginners in business. It's for well-advanced as well. And I think learning this stuff and creating that kind of safe foundation is so transformational when running a business because you get to heal through looking at your relationship with your business. And the healthier you could be in that relationship, the more sustainable and healthier your business is gonna be, your clients are gonna be, and your staff or people that you know are working with you or for you. Yeah, and I would say it's just to kind of give it a different frame or angle, it's like we're healing our ourselves and you know how they say how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I burned out in physical therapy. And then I took that same mentality and then I burned out in my business in the, in 
you know, in short order, because I tried to work my way to success instead of feel my way to success. And I'm like, if anybody's listening as a type A high achiever, go, 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 where you were talking about, Melissa, in terms of we, some of us who have learned, who have achieved a lot of success through that, we need external validation. And that's a dangerous, slippery slope to be on because I tell the story all the time about how I had a $102,000 launch and was freaking depressed and miserable after it because I didn't realize that I was using the business or I thought that once I achieved a certain level of success, I would feel worthy enough, successful, insert anything, like proud, like I would be able to relax and when I was using the business, like overworking to escape the feelings of inadequacy or whatever, it was exhausting. And it had so many side effects, so many physical side effects. And it's, a, it's an addictive cycle, especially that trauma of the overachiever, because you get some kind of positive result from it, right? It's so different mm -hmm. from the person who's stuck and they're not creating shit. But when you're creating yeah. all this stuff, right? And you're getting success on some level, it's like, oh, well, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep chasing. I'm being successful, even though it doesn't feel good. So kudos to you for realizing like, wait a second, this is not really feeding me in the way that I need to be fed and like giving me those feelings that I'm looking for because a lot of people get so stuck in the addiction, they're not even self-aware enough to stop and, and realize that. Yeah, because it's almost like when you, on that side of, of the trauma train, if you will, you're like, I gotta keep going or I won't survive. Mm -hmm. And um, like for me, I clearly had this moment after that launch where I had promised myself and my coach at the time that I would take a vacation. And I was petrified of mm -hmm. running out of money. Now, who the hell makes that kind of money in three months? And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to run out of money. Like, I couldn't even, I really, I, I felt it. Like, I can even feel it coming up now, like a, little, like a panic of I can't even spend a little bit of money to go on vacation because I'm going to, to run out. Um, and I was like, oh, I got to go to therapy. <laughs> That's, something's not right here. <laughs> what an amazing realization, right? And it's like that little nuanced, unconscious, like feeling that comes up that a lot of people, they feel that and then they'll work harder instead of stop and heal that. It just, it motivates them in some way to keep going in a really unhealthy way because they, they believe that because they're not aware that they're really in survival mode. And so it's so interesting. Like I've worked with multimillionaires that still feel like they're going to run out of money. So mm -hmm. it, the trauma doesn't, it doesn't discriminate between rich, poor, doesn't matter. It just looks prettier when you're making a lot of money, right? I would say, oh, you got the better trauma, right? <laughs> it looks better, but it's the same shit, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still, it's still very uh, disorienting. I would say, and, and I had this clear moment of, like we talk about inner child work and reparenting and all that in the trauma. And I had this moment of 
like the little ver little Tavana, I call her. She was in there like, okay, you said if we did X, Y, and Z, then we could go play. And you're not keeping your word. And if you don't go on vacation and keep your word, I'm not doing shit else. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And I think at least for me, it was, that was a very clear, like, do not pass go, do not do anything else, carry your butt to vacation. Cause, but I think, I think so many people are afraid to stop afraid to slow down, afraid to take a look, take a look at what's going on. And I'll tell you, Melissa, at that point, I knew something was major wrong. And I was like, even though I am a business coach, I was like, no more business coaching. I mm -hmm. put the kibosh on all of that for a minute. I was like, we're getting therapy. We're getting a, a personal life coach. I got an energy coach. Like we got all the peoples and I would just say being on this side of somebody who's still unwinding, I don't think of it. I think of it as like, okay, we don't get upset that we have to take a shower every day or every other day, however you do. But um, it's just something that I will do for the rest of my life to get closer to myself and to, to help unwind some of that stuff. But I will say being on the other side of that, I just had my uh, bookkeeper send me my records from last year and I had a 22% increase in my Good revenue and I worked way less. And those of y'all that follow me, you know, me in the hammock almost every day, just hanging out on the hammock. And it's like this, almost like what you said, an addictive thing where you feel like you have to keep up. If you don't keep doing more then you'll, you'll, I don't know. It's almost like you'll die or like well, it's something a, It's bad. like this something adrenaline. Bad. This adrenaline yeah. rush happens when you're in survival mode and people get addicted to that adrenaline rush. It's like people that are like seeking that high because it feels like a high. It's like a hit. It's like another hit, mm -hmm. another hit. And it temporarily makes you feel good, but it doesn't last. You need that hit in order to keep feeling good. And then when you sit still, you don't feel good. So you go back for another hit and it's so dangerous. And people think that's like, oh, well, I'm driven, right? It's my personality. And I'm like, no, that would be your trauma, honey. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, so for people who are listening and they're like, okay, is there a, what definition do you use for trauma? Because we said it doesn't always have to be like somebody was violated or in an accident or whatever. Like, how can we start to wrap our heads around trauma? Because that feels like such a big and heavy word. It is a big, heavy word, isn't it? And it's so in-depth. But trauma is like anything that has you adapt your behavior in order to stay safe or it's or think that you're staying safe, right? And so trauma can happen oftentimes in your family of origin, right? So you adapt your behavior. And Dr. Gabor Mate always says, it is when you choose attachment over authenticity. So maybe I'm a loud kid, right? But I had to be quiet in my house in order for my mom to love me. So I would adapt that behavior and now I would be seen but not heard and I became this really obedient kid so that I gained mom's love. Something as simple as that is trauma. Now, often we get transgenerational trauma, right? 
We literally carry the trauma of our ancestors. So uh, however they had to adapt, right? So for instance, my grandparents were immigrants. It was really hard for them to survive, escaping the Holocaust, going through Europe, coming here without papers. They lived in survival mode and that gets passed on. And there's a lot of research now that shows this stuff, it literally changes your genes and you will stay in that adaptive behavior through generations until somebody's like, wait a second, like I'm literally living in survival mode, like me. Like I had to realize at some point in my life, wait a second, like why am I always scanning for something to go wrong? Like, like you, okay, I have a six figure launch and I'm like thinking I'm gonna die still. Because I thought, mm -hmm. okay, the money will heal it. The, this will heal it. When I have this, I'll feel mm -hmm. safe. But nothing really got me there except for the inner work and learning to work with my nervous system. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember one of, one of my energy coaches. I, this lady is so talented in what she does. And I, I, I believe that she must be trauma-informed because of the way that she creates such safety in the space. And she's Caucasian. And so I think it was interesting to notice in my work with her one time to have an, a, an, a, real, a realization of, oh, it doesn't feel safe to have this much money. Like it doesn't feel safe to show people how smart you are as a, as a person of African descent, because in America, if we're think, talking about epigenetics, if in America, you could not read like if they knew you knew how to read <laughs> that's your answer. you know you might lose your life right if if you and the other thing that I remember that came up in one of the sessions was like yeah you can work and you can use your brilliance you can use your talents or whatever and you will not be paid it's not that you know it's not like how much being devalued like no you are just not getting paid and you're going to do it and if you don't do it you will lose your life and so I think it, what you're talking about in terms of the tra uh, transgenerational trauma is so important for us to start to look at and unwind in a safe space what, because some of that stuff was very like good like soul it felt deep in my soul as it was coming out and oh, yeah. uh, I'm just so very grateful for for her and for that and so if somebody's listening and they're like well wait a minute I might have some some of that going on. I'd love to know, one, how might that show up in their business so that people know, like, what are the symptoms of it? And how do you recommend they start to try to unwind some of that? Yeah, the awareness is the first part. So look at your relationship with your business. Are you nervous all the time about it? Do you hide when there's a ton of stuff to do? Are you go, 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 go? and you can't stop, and you're that person who's addicted to keep going, I mean, you have to start to notice your attachment to your business and what that looks like. And then take a look at your other relationships too, and you'll start to notice there's a trend happening there. So the first part is always awareness. What is my relationship? And do I have a really calm, like, healthy relationship with my business where I'm not worrying, where I'm not hiding, where I'm not go, 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 go. Because we get to feel calm and peaceful. When we have a healthy attachment, it's not chaotic. 
You don't have to run and hide. You don't have to work, work, work. It, it, it gets to be easy. It gets to feel safe. It gets to feel calm. But we're so used to, you got to work hard or keep going. Like, you might feel fear, but just push through it, right? And none of that's true. You don't want to push through anything that you're feeling. That's actually unhealthy. You want to stop and acknowledge, oh, I'm feeling this feeling, right? That's the second part. So the first part is noticing. And this is kind of the safe method, right? It, that I've created for working with trauma. The first part is seeing it. And the second part's affirming it is like, oh, I am feeling this way. And without judging yourself, just allowing yourself to be with that noticing and bring some love into yourself. Like, wow, okay, this is really hard that I've been doing this thing. When I was breaking my own trauma with money, I remember like even times being in the supermarket and looking at my relationship when I would pay the cashier and I'd be so freaking nervous. And I'm like, what is this? It's like a fear that I'm not going to survive. Like I'm so scared it's going to run out or there's not more coming. And I have to go in the parking lot after I packed up my groceries and be like, it's okay, honey, like you're safe, you know? So it's, it's acknowledging and allowing yourself to bring compassion to yourself so that you don't keep running from that space of the trauma. Because the more you do that, the more you're literally allowing dis-ease in your body. And one way or another, that disease is going to come up and get you. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I had a client one time that I referred out because I started, I started to notice certain things. She was so very uh, like fearful, like mm -hmm. around money. It, even so here, here was one of the like super red flags around it for me. And at, at the time I didn't have language for it, but I was like, Oh honey, let's, let's go. Let's, let's get you some additional support beyond this because she, she mentioned that same thing. It wasn't just these big investments like coaching, which are thousands of dollars, but she was like, I feel nervous, afraid, even to the level of panic, just going to pay for groceries. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not normal. <laughs> I mean, so let's, let's get you some support. And, and then she had some other things going on, but I, I'm glad you highlighted that because so it makes me think, and I think because of my training as a healthcare professional, we're always looking at what's outside of my scope of practice, what something is just, something's just not right. Like that's all you need to feel in your spirit is like something's just not right here. And that's for me, at least that's, that's my meter for this person might need some additional support, but do you have some other ways that that you teach your clients to gauge, okay, this might be a little bit beyond me. Yeah, Maybe they cool. should get some additional support. And how do they frame that so that it feels, I mean, just how do they phrase it, frame it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first of all, it takes a certain level of the practitioner to know their own trauma, because if they're not embodied in themselves and their authenticity, and they're still working from that wounded attachment, they're not going to recognize it in their clients. And the truth is, is most practitioners haven't done the deep work around their trauma. So the first thing is 
go get that work for yourself as a practitioner so that you can be more attuned to your clients and where they're at and you're not, you know, creating more harm in them essentially. And then the second part is if you are attuned and like you notice mm, something's off here and it's beyond me and you don't go into your own people pleasing or wanting to fix it with this client. That's, that's so important is to acknowledge your edge. Like, okay, this person is stuck here and I am trying, but this doesn't feel right. Like I'm pushing them past something that clearly needs more attention. The way to say it is, Hey, I noticed that there's some deep emotional stuff coming up for you. And I really want to support you to get your needs met with that emotional stuff so that our work can be more potent together. I know this really great person, or, you know, I think it would be great if you checked out some local therapists that work in the field of trauma. So it's doing it in a way where you're not making them wrong or bad for the experience, but you're lovingly supporting them to get the help that they really do need so that your work can be more potent with the client. So you have to have that integrity around your edges. But if you're disconnected from yourself and you're operating in your own trauma, you're not going to know what your edges are because you don't have that level of self-awareness when you're in the container with your client. Yeah, I mean, it's not an ego thing either, right? It's, and I think because I'm so used to referring people out and just like how we do things in healthcare, it's like it's a team approach. Yes. And so it's not a either or. It's exactly like what you said. Once I realize, oh, wait, something's not right here. The tools that I have are just not quite meeting the need at this time. Let me refer her out. And then she took off. And it was just so beautiful to watch. And I was like, okay, so I, I noticed something. I was on to something. And then I get to choose, is that then a tool that I want to add to my toolkit? Or do I just have somebody on speed dial for referrals? I don't, I think that sometimes some of us uh, think that there's one way to do everything. Yeah, a hundred percent, especially in the coaching industry and in the business sector, you know, it's, there's methodologies that some people um, think are the way and we need to be more client centered than methodology centered. And when we're really attuned to our client, and again, you can't do this if you're not really attuned to yourself. And as you know, being in the course and everything, you could be a four star coach, whatever, I don't know what it's called. And still, you know, it's all, I don't know, <laughs> master this, you know, I get all kinds of people in my classes. And this is a, this is a whole other skill set, right? Doing the emotional work is very different than coaching. And like you said, it's not for everybody. Not every business coach wants to learn this stuff. And that's okay, as long as they acknowledge it, and they really have integrity around noticing and that's what trauma informed means so there's a difference in being a trauma informed leader coach whatever and then being trauma trained like you're doing in my program right so for the people that don't want to have the training and actually support their clients to go through the trauma and again no judgment that is not for everyone 
at least be trauma-informed to recognize the signs and symptoms of when that's coming up and know how to address it and refer out properly. Thank you. That's why I asked the question. Like sometimes people will see something and they, they don't know how to gently supportive and lovingly say, mm -hmm. okay, you might need a little additional support. So thanks for that. And, and to your point about the trauma informed piece, it's like knowing, just seeing the signs, being able to see the signs. So unless you had anything else that you thought was important to this conversation, because I know you and I could just talk on and on and on. Like, what would be the next best step if somebody's watching this and they're like, I really want to better understand what trauma is, how to heal it in myself, maybe how to facilitate it in others, or at least be trauma informed so that I can refer people out. Mm -hmm. What should they do next? Come over to my Instagram. <laughs> Instagram and check it out or start opening, you know, your search engine and look up what that means, signs of trauma. But I really think it's important to be trained by a professional in some kind. I mean, there's a lot of trauma-informed and trauma facilitation classes out there now. If you're working with humans in any capacity of growth and development, I think it's non-negotiable to have that training under your belt because you're in this to help others. You don't want to hurt them. And it's so easy to re-traumatize somebody when you're not aware of the signs and symptoms of trauma. And you use some kind of technique that you learn to move people past their feelings that actually is perpetuating the trauma and not helping them. So it's so important to have some kind of training. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much, Melissa. And like you said, your Instagram is at Safe Space Institute. And I will talk to you soon. All right, honey. Thank you for this. Bye. Bye.